If this is your first time listening to the First Time Podcast, let me explain. Each episode, I recommend something new to the guests that they will experience for the first time. It could be a movie, TV show, book, literally anything they've never experienced before, and we talk about it. It's really that simple. So tonight, we have two guests, old friends of mine from the Beauty and the Screams podcast, Emily Stutzman and Jennifer Johnson. And today... Hey! No, no, you're good. You're good. (laughs) Hello, how are you guys? Great. Wonderful. You made, you made it through the, the movie. That's good. Yeah. So I haven't I haven't even said what it is yet, but um, today we're talking about the fantastically fucked up 2016 film, The Greasy Strangler. I'm sorry. My dad can get cranky sometimes. As your father, I forbid you to marry. He sure has a temper on him. He likes to shout. I like to smile. You cheesy old cornball. Imagine me stroking your clitters with a pink feather. Yeah, that's what I am. I'm a cheesy old cornball. <laughs> I kind of like it. Hey, stop talking to the customer and help dad with his shorts. Imagine if I farted now. I love you. Like this? I don't know if I'm doing it right, Janet. Is this right? Kiss my juicy cherry lips. My dad might be the greasy strangler. I'm officially dating Janet. I'm the Spider-Man of cocktail. Bullshit artist. Bullshit artist. I call bullshit on that. Bullshit artist. You're covered in horse shit. You can be my forever love. You claimed her pussy, but you never claimed her heart. Thanks, Dad. That means a lot coming from you. Yeah, the Greasy Strangler. Um, (laughs) First, I should probably just issue an apology to both of you for making you watch this. Uh, When I thought about having you guys on as guests, I I talked to Emily and she's like, ooh, make it something horribly scary for Jennifer because she doesn't like scary movies. (laughs) Um, I thought I would go to the other extreme. And this is one like... The whole the whole concept of this podcast came about because uh, people always ask for my recommendations. They'll message me on Facebook and they're like, "Hey, you know what's good on Prime or what's good on Netflix that I could watch uh, that you recommend?" And I'll I'll say, you know, "Hey, check this out." And then I never hear back about it. And I'll be I'll message them and, "Hey, how was it?" And they're like, "Oh, I never watched it." It's like, "Why'd you ask me?" So now 
if people ask me, yeah, I'm like, if you're willing to talk for an hour and a half about it, um, I will recommend something, then come on my podcast. But this one is absolutely zany. I was sort of on the fence about uh, having you guys on here just on this one, just because I wasn't sure. I mean, this one is either a love it or hate it thing. And um, I'm hoping, you know, I have yet to have a guest that absolutely hated my recommendation, but I know I'm going to have that at some point. I, I didn't necessarily think like, oh, this one screams Emily and Jennifer to me, but um, this one is so weird. And I know a lot of my friends uh, that are in the horror community have seen this one. So I wanted to drop it on to some people who haven't seen it. And I'm so glad that you guys were good sports about it, watched it, and you decided to continue talking to me afterwards. Yeah, I we watched the entire thing. We definitely had never even heard of it before. There was impeccable acting, let me say. Top notch. It's just one of those movies you cannot believe exists. Like, how did they bring this to, um, you know, a studio? How did they get funding? Who invested money in this film and read the script and hired these people and thought you know, yeah, this will be a, a great hit and it will make my money back. And I don't know. It's it's absolutely wild. I feel like it's one of those movies that you talk your friends into doing with you just because and you just do it for free. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's definitely like the thing about it is I've seen a lot of bad movies. I mean, more than most people. And this movie, te- technically speaking, if you put it on mute, you would still you you could appreciate it because it's it's a very good looking movie. Uh, yeah, the it is very it's filmed well. It's not like filmed like in where you think it was low budget, right? And it's just that's what always sort of blows my mind is that the set production, the cinematography, the score, everything about it, like all the ingredients are really good. It's just uh, just such a strange story. And I remember when this came out, it played at some film festivals and obviously was getting a lot of talk, whether it was good or bad. Um, It was getting a huge reaction. And a lot of my friends, you know, hey, check out this movie. And uh, I actually played it at my I I do an annual movie night at the Capitol for my birthday. I rent out the theater and invite people in and we do a double feature. And I think it was two years ago I played this one and people still bring this up. (laughs) <laughs> like quote, quote, they quote it all the time. I I stood in front of the theater. Uh, this is the second movie I played of the night, and I told everyone like, just a heads up. This one is extremely uh, gross, volatile, offensive. Um, if you aren't comfortable staying here, I will not be offended if you leave the theater. I completely understand. It is just a very vile and um, uncomfortable. I guess would probably be the best word to describe this movie. Yeah. Did anybody leave? Nobody left. Everybody was, they probably, bullshit uh, <laughs> yeah, bullshit artists. They thought they were having a great, <laughs> a great time that everybody, I think they know what they're in for. That's sort of my MO is to invite people in to watch fucked up movies. And I don't know if I'll ever top this one. I can't imagine there's anything out there. That's, I mean, that isn't straight up like a snuff film or something. This one is just extremely weird. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm glad I put you two in the same room to watch it together. <laughs> yeah, um we we definitely it was an experience. Um, I diverted my eyes a couple times when some really gross shit happened. <laughs> like when 
Oinker died. Well, and also, because I had done what you said, like, don't look into it at all. So I'm just sitting there like, greasy strangler, like, what could that possibly be about? It's literally about a greasy (laughs) strangler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, I rewatched it Friday night, and we're recording this on a Sunday, so I watched a couple nights ago, and, um... I asked Nikki, I'm like, hey, I'm going to watch Greasy Strangler just to brush up on it again. And she's like, cool, can I watch with you? And I'm like, yeah, I married the right woman. If she's, uh, <laughs> she, she asks if she can watch the Greasy Strangler with me. But it's, I mean, it's, she's big into like Tim and Eric and uh, that kind of humor. So it's right up her alley. It's, you know, just vulgar and weird. And uh, I think just the, the buzzword for this movie is uncomfortable. Yeah, so, honestly. Yeah, so um, basically the story is we have a father and son. They run a disco tour <laughs> for some reason. They take uh, groups of people around town to historically important disco places, like where the Bee Gees leaned in a doorway. Um, it's Braden, Big Braden, and Big Ronnie, because everybody's big in this movie for some reason. Big Braden, big. And, uh, Even though Big Braden ain't so big. Right, yeah. You can't forget and, to their uh, their hot pink sweaters and hot pink shorts that they wore while yes. they were walking around doing this. Yes, very short shorts, pink shorts. Um, I don't even, fabulous. yeah, I don't even know how to explain these. I mean, they have a very unique relationship. They're very a little too comfortable with each other for being father and son. Mm-hmm. And um, we meet Janet. So that's pretty much the three main characters that we stick with through the movie is uh Brayden, Janet, and Ronnie. Ronnie's the dad, Brayden's the son. Janet is soon to be a new love interest. She's on the disco tour and she seems to have a liking for Brayden. Um that changes later, but this is right away it's almost like they have their own language, like the bullshit artist thing you mentioned earlier. Uh th- that's something that just keeps coming back up over and over again. Uh, you can get like bullshit artist hats and t-shirts. Um, they make Gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and and now it's like once you see this movie, it's sort of like a. I know for like months afterwards, when I showed this to people, they would yell at me, or uh, instead of saying no, they would just yell bullshit artist at me, and <laughs> it's just sort of this thing that's addictively fun to use. It's, it's just a dumb phrase; it doesn't mean anything. I guess it, it's sort of just like saying bullshit, but adding bullshit artist. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing I found like so interesting because not even like five minutes into the movie, the big Ronnie admits to to Braden that he is the greasy strangler. And he's like, you're no bullshit artist, you know? But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's it, right. Right away. He's, I mean, yeah, he's not even hinting at it. He's basically like telling them like, I'm not the greasy strangler. And he's like, I didn't ask. He's like, well, I'm not. But anyways, I want more grease on everything. <laughs> I know. And yeah, I mean, right away we get, you know, the, it, it starts with the tour. That's how we meet Janet. Um, and then there's this really, really funny, awkward scene where they're a group of the, the two, the people that were on the tour are at a vending machine and this Indian man is trying to get potato chips out of the vending machine. And they asked him what his chips are made out of. Right. And he says potato about 47 times. Porto, and, Porto. And, yes, but uh, what are these chips made from? Porto. Excuse me, what? 
Porto. Can you say that again? Porto. Yes, but what are these chips made from? Porto. Sorry, but what? Porto. I don't understand. Can you say that again? Porto. Please, one more time. Porto. Okay, this is embarrassing. But please, can you say it a little slower? Porto. I am very, very sorry. But I need to know what are these chips made from? Porto. Please, one last time. Porto. I think he's trying to say potato. Oh, yes. Potato. Potato chips. <laughs> And from what I've read, um, I do some half-assed research online. Um, that actually comes from an experience the director actually had in real life at an Indian restaurant where he was asking about something on the menu and he could not understand what the guy was saying. So he had to keep asking him to repeat himself and he, he couldn't he couldn't say potato correctly. And so he decided to put this in the movie and it goes on way too long, way, way too long. That's sort of another thing about this movie. Every scene goes on far too long to make it uncomfortable. I know, I was like, okay, he's just going to stop asking what he's trying to say. And then again, he's like, I'm sorry, but I need you to say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, I was telling Nikki, I'm like, this this would be a short film if they cut every scene down to what it should be. If they didn't extend everything, this would be like a half hour movie. But they just make every scene go far too long. Um. And then we get our first, he's the first victim that we see of the Greasy Strangler. Um, The kills are just over the top, like cartoony where the eyeballs pop out. Uh, They like, the Greasy, yeah, punches them in the face. Yeah. Concaves in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like the flight's like a basketball or something. It's really weird. It's like a Looney Tunes or something. (laughs) Oh, but the soundtrack was great. Yeah, it's really weird with like little laugh, laughs in it and kid sounds almost. I don't know. Um, I read that the composer, Andrew Hung, who wrote all the music, is a member of a band called The Fuck Buttons, which oh makes a lot of sense. The Fuck Buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine like um, we, we watched the director's new movie on Netflix. It's like uh, An Evening with Beverly Lynn and it's not nearly as zany as this one. It's not nearly as uh, vulgar and graphic. It's every bit as weird, but I just imagine what shooting this on set was just like a blast, you know, just imagine. I don't know how you keep a straight face. Like uh, Ronnie, you know, right after he kills, we see the first time he goes through the car wash to get the grease off of him. And he has this fucking dong. That's like three feet long. And uh, shaped like a freaking um, anteater's nose. Like a, well, I mean, that works too. I was going to say missile, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it has, yeah, it's, 
we don't have to go into deep detail on it, but uh, oh, I it's mean, definitely that was the big thing. I really, <laughs> I really wanted to discuss was is this what you had the notes on? That was my mental notes. Was the penis both penises? Because it was like they both were shaped the same, but one was immaculately large, and the other one was so tiny he had to use like two fingers to jerk himself off. <laughs> and I, th- I think that is probably you know obviously intentional because they're both fake like prosthetics, but yeah, I, th- I think it's supposed to be sort of um, symbolism for the characters because obviously Brayden is sort of the little bitch. Yeah, he yeah he just. <laughs> Always gets stepped on by his dad. His dad, he's a pushover. He's a baby. Um, and Ronnie's always, he's cooking his dad dinner all the time. And, you know, eventually Ronnie takes Janet from him um, in an awkward, oh, Jesus, the sex scenes in this movie are just oh, absolutely. What, what was it? Um, the thing that they said, something, disco baby. Um, hootie tootie, kiss, disco cutie. Disco cutie, that's yeah, what, that's what it was. Yeah, they start that chanting. Was an uncomfortable situation, and when she turned oh, around, and he's like, "Not your butthole." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and uh, that actually is a butt double. I read that too. Was uh, they they had a butt double for that scene where she bends over and shows her spreads her butt cheeks. Uh, she was not. Eye. Yeah, she wasn't comfortable doing that, so they uh, used a butt double. But it's just that explains why it's so like zoomed in. Yeah, and yeah, it says uh, <laughs> it's an ass double for the scene where Janet sings "Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie" and parts her butt cheeks. The director says it's some it's someone I never even said hello to because it felt too embarrassed. So <laughs> he didn't even say hello to the uh, butt double because he was just <laughs> mortified. But it's funny that you you brought up earlier before we were recording, like uh, that you had something for dinner that was similar to what they use for grease in this because they use tapioca pudding for all the grease in this movie. Oh, that explains that. Yeah, because Jennifer's husband Deej made like mashed cauliflower with like sour cream and stuff in it, and it literally like as I was eating it, I was like, "This looks just like the stuff they had to scrape off the floor." <laughs> and that he's covered in and has to walk through the car wash. Uh, where oh the God, him flapping under the dryer, <laughs> all his skin just flapping. Yeah, <laughs> I think that first moment he walks into the car wash is probably the the first moment this movie, like you know, you're in for shit. Because I mean, it starts off obviously really weird and uncomfortable, but when he walks into the car wash and you just see his. It's his dong flapping and the, 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 like you said, the brushes are hitting them and, <laughs> oh my God, it's just like, okay, like this is a totally fucked up movie. And and that's where we meet uh, big Paul, who's the blind car wash owner, uh, who's completely oblivious to Ronnie handing him fake money. He does not somehow know that Ronnie is the greasy strangler. I was sad to see him go later in the movie. Because... I was, that was a, a murder I did not premeditate because he was like his friend. Right. Yeah. He was like the true one true innocent person in this movie. I mean, I guess you have the the hot dog vendor, but he was sort of skeezy too. And, uh, you yeah. know. And I understood why he got, he killed him though, because he wouldn't give him more grease. Right. He had to do it. Get, nothing can get you killed by the greasy strangler faster than refusing more grease. Well, and the, the way he killed him was taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Don't you think that would like, be Let's the just worst? pop this window open for some ventilation and sit down and then get strangled. No big deal. Don't you think that'd be the worst way to die, though? Like, on the toilet? Like, you're oh, so vulnerable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like the one time you're, yeah, completely comfortable and you feel like, you know, nothing can happen, I guess. I don't know. Like you said, the most vulnerable and uh, you let your guard down. But uh, the director said that the most uncomfortable scene to shoot in the entire film was uh, the sex scene between Ronnie and Janet, but also felt like the the scene where his uh, where Ronnie grabs his legs, lifts his ass in the air, and farts. Was oh yes, pretty uncomfortable too. And they said that that one was probably the one where they he sort of the director sort of wishes he would have cut out just because he felt like it was almost too juvenile for this movie, even though the whole movie's a big fart and dick joke. He felt that was like a little too on the nose with, uh, like the, far- the step too far. Right. Like even, uh, there's a shot where, uh, the greasy strangler or uh, Ronnie moons, the, the tourists after they're complaining about not getting free water, he holds his pants down way too long. Yeah. Just, yeah. Tiny, but, um, I was going to say, I don't know which scene made me feel worse for Paul, whether it was when he got beheaded or when he got crop dusted. <laughs> uh, that was, he's like, are we going to go to the disco? And then he just bends over and <laughs> his face. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Something I would do. Yeah. Well, I actually did do that. <laughs> yeah, to me last weekend, bitch. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer was in a vulnerable state because she was doing her back stretches because her back is messed up, and I got her while she was doing her stretches. Nice. <laughs> what are, that, that's what siblings are for, right? Yeah, I told her I was like, you guys think you guys have always said like you're missing out not having a brother, but really you're not. <laughs> yeah, it's not a. It's, yeah, I can imagine it was be not that different. So. Uh, we did we sort of meet this like you guys mentioned him earlier this weird character the oinker um they never explain this guy he has a clearly like it's like a paper pig nose um we learn later when he's killed that they pull it off and he just has like a hole in his face where his nose is and the greasy strangler dips his finger in and this was the one scene (coughs) that I i had to look away yeah, that was the one scene that I closed my eyes because I was like, oh my God, I knew it was happening as soon as he pulled his finger out and it was like that pussy, bloody looking stuff on his finger. I was like, oh my God, no, no. I saw it getting closer to his mouth and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Braden and Janet end up going on a date and it's a completely awkward. Um, from what I read, there was there was a another couple in the background originally in the scene and they spent some good money digitally taking them out because he felt like it was be more uncomfortable if uh it was just a bunch of lonely guys in the restaurant with Braden and Janet when they went on their date but uh you know Braden is a uh Ronnie's afraid that Braden will leave him for Janet but then Braden's afraid that Ronnie's going to take Janet from him because he's such a what does he call him a smoothie he's like you're smoothie, such a smoothie yeah. and <laughs> Their language is like, it's it's sort of like their own, it's like they're on a different world, the way they talk to each other and the things they say. It's just so strange. 
And when he calls the quote unquote detective to say oh he my thinks God. his dad is the greasy stranger. Yeah, it's, it's a big Thaddeus or something. Or I'm trying to remember what they, he Joe. has a name. I know it was Jody. Oh yeah, Jody, Jody. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. Uh, fake nails. <laughs> oh my <laughs> He's like has like a must like a fake mustache, sunglasses, and long fingernails. Yeah. I really must ask you a question, but I will shave it for later. Yeah, this uh, there's that really awkward, also a really awkward scene where I mean, every time that Braden cooks for his dad, he's obviously asking for more grease, and he gets angry and needs more grease, and steals the grease from the hot dog cart, like a whole bucket of grease. And then the, I think the the most uncomfortable one is the oily grapefruit scene where he pours oh. oil. Yeah, yeah. when he gets to the kitchen and he's like staring at her while he's yes. pouring grapefruit down. And then like slurping on it and rubbing <laughs> face all over his face. I was like, this dude right here. <laughs> yeah, doing that with a straight face would be difficult, I think. I would not be able to do it. Uh, takes that took uh, i don't know yeah <laughs> that would be a good question but man, up laughing yeah i don't think i could make it through i don't know how any of these people make it through this movie without going over the top but uh like i said the, the director has a newer movie on netflix uh and it's similar in the awkwardness and if if you thought this was funny, you'd probably enjoy this one. It's like I said, it's not as gross at all. Like it doesn't have a lot of the gross out stuff. It's just awkward and weird, but uh, definitely has the same type of tone. And I just can't imagine how this one has uh, quite a big cast in it too. It's like everybody that's in the movie is either regulars from this movie or um, bigger names. He has, Oh, I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank on names right now, but um, has a couple people. Has uh, Craig Robinson from The Office. He's in it. Um, girl from Parks and Rec. I'm drawing a blank on her name, but he has some pretty. Jermaine Clement from uh, Fly the Concords is in it. There's, there's quite a few big names in his new movie, and uh, most of these people I don't know before this movie. Like I didn't recognize anybody, any of the actors in this one. They're all sort of unknowns, but they'll be remembered for these roles. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, I felt like I'd recognize the actor that played Ronnie, but I went to his IMDb and the only thing I thought maybe, I think it was Freshwater was the movie that he'd been in. I was like, well, maybe that's what I've seen him in before. Maybe he just looks like somebody else. Yeah, it's Michael St. Michaels, which is a equally weird name. And then uh, Braden's, the actor that plays Braden is Sky Elabar. And um, I think Michael St. Michael's is he obviously now is sort of like a cult hero. People really remember him from this movie and he's embraced the role. And uh, yeah, just such a strange, strange guy, a weird role to do. I mean, how do you <laughs> cast this? How does someone read this, this script and, you know, okay, yeah, this sounds great. I'm signing on for this. Um, when he took Janet out, when Ronnie took Janet out and he was wearing that red, like, or red, purple velvet outfit with like the see-through crotch. Yes. The male tubage. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the director said that when he was, and I keep saying the director, Jim Hoskins is the director of this movie. And he said when they were filming that, he kept 
having to readjust the the penis to be in that screen you know in the little clear part of the suit so you could see it because that was the whole point of it and he said at some point he realized he was adjusting uh michael st michael's real penis and then he's like well you know sorry but that's sort of the it's not that crazy for this movie like he didn't he's like well sorry i had grabbed your real penis but anyways back to shooting because <laughs> you have to you think that they got they had to be pretty comfortable around each other in this setting there's no you know i don't know you just have to be completely cool and roll with it i guess because there's no being shy on this kind of movie because if you're not comfortable with each other, you'd just be like awkward laughing the whole time. Right. The scene yeah. where um, Janet and Brayden walk off together and leave Ronnie in the alley. And as Janet's walking, that oh. is her butt ass naked. With a dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, walking a dog. <laughs> I was like, what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> And they they give her this ridiculous like pubic wig that is oh like a, it's like a clown wig on her crotch and yeah. and uh, the director was saying too that he thought that it was a little over the top when film when he filmed it but when he went back and watched the dailies he was like yeah this is probably fitting for this person this character for this movie it just was comically large. Um, any less would just be like vulgar. So that's just sort of like like the prosthetic dicks are just so either comically small or comically large. Yeah. If you would have made them normal size, it would have been even worse, I think. It's almost like, you know, cartoony in a way. Yeah, I literally was talking about this movie last night and I was trying to show one of my friends. I, I Google searched Big Ronnie Greasy Strangler, strangler Penis because I wanted to show him. <laughs> It wasn't on there anywhere. I was like, damn it. So I now you're like, on all kinds of lists. Yeah. And then I'm like try, <laughs> trying to like describe how it looks to everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just watch it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's this awkward scene too. It's when, oh, I mean, that's like the whole movie is an awkward scene, but there's another awkward scene during that date where Ronnie is explaining he makes up some bullshit artist story about Michael Jackson and how they went and they went to like a bar and got drunk and had all these strippers all over them. And, uh, he uses that to, to be a smoothie and kiss Janet. But obviously it's a ridiculous fake made up story. And, uh, as I would say, bullshit artist, but it's just the story's so ridiculously long, uh, just yeah. fitting for this. It's just like everything. I just kept going. Oh, yeah. Other awkward moment was when Janet was taking a pee, also butt naked. Like, yep. And ha- then Ronnie's at the door. <laughs> brushing his teeth naked. Yeah. And just standing there staring like, at her while he brushes his she's teeth. She's like, I thought you said you weren't going to look. And then she winked at him. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah, and at that point, it just, uh, I don't know if we see Janet wearing clothes after that point, because there's a point where her and Brayden are in the kitchen, and she's completely naked, standing in the kitchen by the sink, and he's sort of confessing that he misses her, and she says she misses him, and they keep jumping back and forth, you know, Janet, uh, 
that's when Brayden takes her into the bedroom and uh I think the only time we see her in clothes after all that is when they're sitting out in the yard talking about um his dad being the greasy strangler yeah yeah because that's he's uh he wants to catch and expose the greasy strangler because he still doesn't realize that it's his dad but that there's that yeah that awkward scene after they are talking in the kitchen he takes her in the room and uh oh like their sex scene is so awkward (laughs) apparently she there was um in the scene she was like making noises but they cut all of her sound out so we just hear uh brayden asking over and over again is this is this right is am i doing it right am i doing it right he like asks a (laughs) hundred times (laughs) the scene where he's i don't know if he's supposed to be putting his finger in her butt or what but when she's like over his desk and everything and she's yes what if i farted right now (laughs) (laughs) she really knows what to say to get a man going yeah I guess to get the, these guys going, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's after uh, after Braden is determined to catch the greasy strangler. Uh, the that's when we sort of hear so the uh, hootie tootie disco cutie scene where they're in the kitchen and sort of or no, and they're in the bedroom and they're yelling it at Braden like as a chant. Yeah, and Braden confesses that he loves Janet. Um, that's when the greasy strangler kills Big Paul, decapitates his head, and he like he makes a basket with it, doesn't he? He like shoots a basket with his head. He shoots, but I think he misses. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's when Jody comes in because he's uh, you know it's to investigate. That's where we meet Jody, and uh, that's when Braden decides he dips. He, he gets into grease barrel. And he goes down to the horror, sh- the horror show, which I thought was the horror show until they get down and, and to the theater and it's the horror show. Uh, and that's the awkward scene where Janet is in the theater with the greasy strangler. And then Braden as the second greasy strangler joins and they uh, both choke her, her eyeballs pop out and they eat her eyeballs in the popcorn as they enjoy the rest of the movie. <laughs> Very and we finally, very good father son bonding moment right yeah they finally uh you know are not fighting they agree to kill her and how disgusting she is and they um like i said they pop out her eyeballs that seems to be a reoccurring theme in this there's a lot of eyeballs that are eaten yeah and uh this is like a big scene where they go to the car wash together and they get the grease washed off each other um and then they just determine that they're going to go kill Ricky Prickles, who yeah. is the guy that uh, Ronnie's wife and Braden's mom left. We assume, you know, he denies it, but it sounds like uh, Ricky Prickles was a uh, much more attractive and ripped and younger man with more money. So yeah. she left and uh, they kill. I think they, they chase uh, Ricky prickles through the woods, eat, rip off his ears and his, and his once again eat his eyes. So the ending actually was very confusing to me because they like watched themselves get killed. Right. That's why I was like, I, I'm not positive what just happened. Yeah, they're standing in the woods and they're they're greasy, greasy strangler suits. Yeah, they're greasy, watching their ungreasy selves get killed. 
Right. And I, I've sort of Googled that to see if there's something I missed or some deeper meaning. And I don't really think there's anything. I mean, I'm sure it's just something that people will probably dive deep into to figure out a meaning. But really, it's I think it's just sort of a zany, crazy ending. I don't know if maybe we're supposed to think that the greasy strangler version of them is like a separate entity. I don't know. They turn into someone else when they dipped in the grease. Like they're saying goodbye to their like normal, like everyday selves. And they're just going to be the greasy stranglers forever. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, when they're killed by these hunters, their heads, the tops of their heads pop off and confetti comes out. So it's like we've we've had this disgusting eye poking and grease and dicks and all kinds of body fluids. But when they get killed, we get confetti. Well, and I thought for a minute that maybe it was going to all at the end end up being one of the novels or whatever that Braden had been writing. But I was also wrong. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Thriller thing. They said that the original cut of this movie was over, uh, is like two hours and 10 minutes long, which I think it's been cut down to like an hour and a half, but I think it was like an hour and 34 minutes or something. Yeah. I can't imagine a two hour cut of this. Cause that would just make every scene a little bit longer. Cause I don't think they really cut any f- full scenes. Actually, I think I did read that they cut one scene where, uh, Ronnie, and uh Braden were holding hands and they're completely naked and they're like skipping towards the camera <laughs> and uh they decided to cut that one out just because there was a little too much like flapping going on too much tubage yeah so <laughs> they cut that now <laughs> yeah that was that was just too much for them i don't know but uh yeah this uh, like Overall, like when you watched this for the first time, what were you, were you thinking? Like, what in the fuck, Tad? Or what were you thinking? I'm pretty sure what the fuck came out of our mouths multiple times while we were watching this. <laughs> like, literally, I'd be like, what the fuck? After yeah. something happened. Well, and David was watching it with us, and he's like, typical. I'm like, whatever, dude. Yeah, and then he also told us <laughs> that if these are the kind of movies that you're going to have us watching from now on, he's watching all of them with us. Oh, so he's a fan? Yeah, he enjoyed himself. Good. Good. I, we should have had him on, too, to uh, give his to insight. It, but he said no. That's okay. Maybe if you I want to talk him. to you guys. No, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'll do a whole separate episode just with Deej, because... Uh, yeah, he seems uh, to be a big fan. But overall, did you? I mean, did you like it? Were you repulsed? Were you? Is not something you throw on, you know, as a regular movie. It's not something you rewatch often. But um... I mean, it definitely left a mark. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I mean, I've talked about it, so I think it. I will probably randomly think about it for the rest of my life. I've been thinking about it a lot these last few days. <laughs> but yeah, I I mean, I'm not saying I feel like I wasted my time watching it because I definitely enjoyed myself. It was fun making fun of. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those that like I was I went back and forth when I played this at my birthday because I was like, man, like I don't want to be 
the guy that's known as the one that introduced like a group of 25 people to the greasy strangler. But then I'm like, I sort of want to be the guy that is known for the greasy strangler. Um, like I said, this is like a big cult movie has a huge cult following. Uh, if you go online, you can find like hot pink t-shirts and hats and stuff. People uh, cosplay as the greasy strangler and as the uh, Braden and, you know, his dad and just, yeah. I mean, that would be a fun Uh, Halloween costume, but no one would know who you are. Right. But But the one, one person that does recognize you might really like it. So, yeah, that's true. You should be Janet. Oh my God. (laughs) Am I giving you guys ideas for Halloween? (laughs) Jennifer thinks I should be Janet for Halloween. There you go. (laughs) There's that other awkward scene that uh, when her and Brayden are sort of first hanging out and she just like lifts up her shirt and shows her boobs. It's like. Yeah. uh, There's that they're talking and she's like, here you go. And then when he goes to like suckle on him, she's like, you didn't ask. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. I mean. So you're just pulling some titties out and expect nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he, he was the crazy one for uh, going for that, but she's, she's been in quite a few like normal movies and TV shows. Uh, Mora's background characters. That actress's name is Elizabeth uh, DeRazzo. And she's been in like the 33. She was in Southland, which is a, apparently a TV show. A lot of stuff I don't recognize, but it looks like, She's she sort of plays small roles in a lot of uh, she was in Eastbound and Down, which makes sense. Um, She was in ER, but just as sort of like a side character, just named woman. She wasn't even named. So uh, Eastbound and Down is the one with Danny McBride. Yep. Okay. yeah, I, I haven't watched the whole show. I've watched a few episodes, but I love him. Yeah, she's a regular on that. I've, I haven't seen all of it, but apparently she plays a character named Maria and looks like she's in 20 episodes of that. So she must be on just about all of them. Wow. But you would think some, a role like this and the stuff she had to do, like not only is it just ballsy to do it, but, you know, after this, it's like, where do you go? You know, like, what do you, how can you it'd be hard. It's not like you're going to get cast in like a Disney movie after this. You sort of give up any hope of that. (laughs) After being in a, in a movie where you do a guy and then do his dad and then do him again. And then her dancing around butt ass naked to what is it again? Um, Disco cutie. Oh, hootie tootie disco cutie. Yeah. Hootie tootie disco cutie. (laughs) Not bad shirt to get is the shirt that says hootie tootie disco cutie yeah i i think i've seen a few of those but the one that seems to be like the most popular that people use is bullshit artist and uh i've seen quite a few hats and shirts that have or i one i've seen that's actually pretty creative and funny is someone they took the grease logo like the movie grease with john travolta that's like shaped like a car Mm -hmm. and they and they changed it to greasy and it's uh they sort of like a mashup of Grease and the Greasy Strangler. I love it. Um, the the scene, like, right after Ronnie has basically taken Janet from Brayden, when they're walking, 
and I'm trying to remember I know there's having that big thing about like bullshit artists, bullshit artists. And he's like, you know what I smell? And he just keeps sniffing like, yeah, <laughs> for like 10 and minutes. Like, Horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that's what I said. Yeah. They're, I mean, that's the thing about these two is that they have this weird chemistry that is probably understated. Like, this movie's so crazy that you don't think about how these guys are acting and they're giving it their all. And if you, you know, put someone else in that role and it, you might not have that weird chemistry between the two that makes it so cringeworthy. Like, this movie is probably one of the cringiest movies overall just makes you shudder and feel uncomfortable. And those two, their back and forth definitely is a big factor in that. Yeah. I did. I found their dynamic very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. The guy that played uh, Ronnie or no, um, Braden is sky Elabar and he gained, I think, 15 or 20 pounds for this movie so that he would look even weirder when his, he was in his little speedo, which he's in for a good portion of the movie. Yes. Uh, For the majority of it, unless he's like outside. Well, no, he even runs out in the street and his little speedo when they're singing about the hootie tootie. Yeah. Yeah. He runs out in the street because he can't get away from the sound. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much he's, any scene in the house, he's got that on, minus sex scenes, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's in quite a few fun things as um, more, like, side characters also. Most of these, it just seems like most of these actors are, you know, not quite extras, but they have roles, but, you know, it's a couple lines or a, one episode of a TV show or something. But I remember this guy looking so familiar and now i'm looking at his imdb and he was in this short film called pet monkey that we had at the film festival uh in 2017 and that makes so much sense because that short film is totally weird and grimy like this um they were saying that the house that they live in is actually every bit as disgusting and smelly as it looks in the movie um yeah, uh, Michael St. Michael says, it's a shame we don't have a good shot of the black mold. Apparently <laughs> the, the house was actually in like disarray and just really disgusting. So I yeah, just, I was... uh, just watching this makes you feel like you need a shower. Like, and I try to remind myself when I'm watching stuff like this, that I'm like, it's just a movie. Like those actors are clean and, you know, it's not gross, but apparently it was actually pretty gross. Yeah. Well, and he made his own. So I'm assuming because he makes olive oil in his bedroom. That's what he was making the olive oil for, right? Was because he had what? to dip himself in. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I assume so. The big vat. I don't know. Yeah, it shows him smashing olives, making <laughs> olive oil. I didn't put two and two together. I just assumed he was making uh, olive oil just because he likes everything oily. Um, every time Brayden cooks something, he's like, where's the grease? I want more grease. When he gets a hot dog from the vendor, it ultimately costs him because he doesn't give him more grease. Yeah, the only time that he was not bitching at Brayden about not enough grease was when he made, what did he call them? The, the bacon wraps? Yeah. It was the just... bacon rolls? Oh, yeah. Where he just like 
fried the bacon, like scraped everything in the pan off on his plate. (laughs) Definitely not a movie to watch while you're eating. No, definitely Uh, not. Why do I feel like I was eating when I watched it? Because you were eating popsicles. And I ate ramen. Oh yeah, that's Mm. right. (laughs) But it's really hard to make me lose my appetite. Yeah. The only thing that, no, I was going to say poop is really the only thing, but no, I don't think that would either. I'm pretty sure the only thing that makes you lose your appetite is if somebody actually like threw up in front of you and not like the movie. They didn't throw up on my food. It'd be okay. (laughs) For me in general, it's probably the, uh, well, throw up is definitely like if we're watching, like I can't watch, um, we'd always make sure not to eat while we're watching um, Tosh.0 or Jackass because, you know, Steve-O is always making himself throw up. Like, those are two things that we're aware of because uh, Tosh would always have, like, a video of someone throwing up or getting hurt. And then the other thing would probably be, like, animal deaths in movies always make me, like, my stomach drop. And oh, they yeah. Ki- if they kill the dog or cat, it's just, like, fuck that. Yeah, I... That was kind of the thing because you guys were supposed to, well, you did have the Netflix party with um, Autopsy of Jane Doe, but that bothered me so much with the cat. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that part until I watched it again. I'm like, oh, this is sad. Like, I don't care about people, but don't kill animals. I know. That was like in the movie Crawl. I did not care about the girl or her dad, but I cared about sugar. Right. And there's a, I think there's a website called like does the dog die.com and you can type in any movie and it tells you if the dog dies before you watch the movie. That is genius. But I don't know if they have one for cats or other pets. So. But you know how it is. Most people love dogs, but then the people that do not like cats are like, cats ruined my whole family, keyed my car, ruined my life. Yeah. <laughs> Very dramatic hate for cats. Yeah, I also saw that. I'm just sort of going through my notes here because I was finding uh, some funny stuff. And the hot dog vendor is played by uh, Mel Cole. And the director loved him and hired him simply because his nose looks like a penis. But the the producers wanted to cut him out because they thought his acting was awful. They couldn't stand his acting, but he insisted on keeping him in because he liked his penis shaped nose. I feel like his acting fit with everybody else's acting. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, maybe not um, Ronnie and Braden so much, but like the people that have been on the tour that were like yelling about free drinks, free drinks. Their acting was no better. Right. Yeah, the Indian guy, you can barely understand anything he says in the movie. And that's not like a... I think that was just done intentionally. That's sort of part of the charm that they were trying to make you uncomfortable because you didn't know what he was saying. And then it leads up, obviously, to the potato scene, which, again, is way, way, way too long. And uh, yes, just finally, the one guy is like, I think he's trying to say potato. And I'm like, oh, okay. Took you 25 times hearing the other word to gather potato. And that, that's what's crazy about stuff like that, because it's like the disgusting grease or the sex stuff, obviously awkward, but scenes like that, like we've all been in situations where we're not understanding somebody or we can't quite hear somebody and you don't know how to keep asking them. And it's like, that's, that's kind of scene 
is really makes me cringe because the other stuff is funny, but this is just the way they keep it going over and over and over and over again. It's just holy shit. Yeah, usually if I get to the point where I have to ask someone a third time, I'm just like, okay, cool. Even right. though I have no just, Yeah, just sort of nod and chips. Oh, I don't know. Start of the pee. Oh my god. He like goes goes on and on about uh, how someone's going to, to yeah. get the chips. Yeah. Well, and I noticed throughout the rest of the movie, like there's a uh, bus bench that has the ad for the potatoes on it, and then it's a, it's also in another scene. There's an ad for the potatoes in it, the potato oh. chips. I didn't notice I didn't, that. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Good eye. And he, he wears his boxers backwards in that scene when he's comes out to get the potato chips. Uh, I saw that was noted somewhere too, but they just decided to keep it in. Like it was sort of part of the, he didn't mean to, but it was like a happy accident where they're like, yeah, this, it makes sense. This character would be wearing his boxers backwards. Uh, yeah. That scene was good though. I knew though, as soon as like he was yelling at them about being cunts for wanting free drinks that I was like, <laughs> at least that guy's going to die. But no, they all did. All <laughs> in the vending machine. You think being greasy would make it hard to kill people? Like, like you'd they'd be slipping slip all over. Yeah. Not only and you leave you a... run, but you like your hands couldn't hold on. Right, and you leave a trail everywhere. It should be easy to catch him. We never really see any like police involvement. Like this is in a whole different world than ours. This is not obviously not in a real um real world where real people exist cuz every there's not one normal character in this movie. No, not at all. Like, we never see one person that's slightly normal. I mean, like you said, the only person that you sympathize with really at all is Paul, the guy who runs the car wash. And uh, because he's probably the only nice character in the movie. I mean, everybody else, even when, for the most part, you know, you almost feel for Braden at certain times, but he's a lunatic, too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he was I just I just had a thought about potato <laughs> porto um porto? oh yeah because even like when oinker dies they call brayden and brayden goes over there but there's no police there right He's like, I'm going to investigate this. I'm going to catch the greasy strangler. And when the grease up off the floor. And and when he gets, when Oinker gets killed, he apparently likes getting choked out. So he's like getting pleasure from it. I know. That was funny. He's like, dying. (laughs) And I think they, they had the, I guess one of the longer scenes was the, hot dog vendor had a much longer death scene. They decided to cut it down uh, to what it ended up being. But um, I don't think I don't actually own the Blu-ray. I'd be interested to see if there's a extended like deleted scenes on there. But I think uh, all the kills are just almost so cartoony with the eyes popping out and stuff. It's not, 
I don't even know. It just, I guess you would consider this a comedy first and foremost. It has some horror elements, but I think overall it's, uh, it's first, I would say it's a comedy. Yeah. Because they don't, because even the stuff that could be technically considered scary, like you were saying, being so cartoony, like the eyes popping out and stuff like that kind of like takes away from the element of how, where it could potentially be scary. Yeah. It like takes that scary moment and then turns it into something funny or gross. Except for when he dunked that finger in that nose cavern. <laughs> so I guess there I is put- something that make me lose my appetite. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one thing out of this whole movie that's funny. That uh, so Michael Saint Michael's the guy, you know, the the lead, the greasy strangler. He was in real life. He was John Travolta's hairdresser. Oh, really? Oh, fancy. And he talks yeah. about Travolta. Yeah, he does. Right. His yeah. son. He was mm-hmm. like, and I could have went with John Travolta, and we were going to start a disco club, and yeah. He's like, but. You needed me. <laughs> and to think, yeah, he actually, that was like the one not bullshit artist moment of his was that he uh, was actually John Travolta's hairdresser. Funny to think, small world. Right. And this uh, was produced by Elijah Wood. Like he was one of the main producers, got this made. Uh, big step in getting it made, used his sort of name to get it made. So he's he's done quite a few fun cult movies. He did this and then Mandy with Nick Cage is one of his. Um, I think some of the the writer, one of the writers of Greasy Strangler ended up doing Come to Daddy, which stars Elijah Wood. So they all are sort of continuing to work together, make these weird movies. I am trying to remember the last thing I've seen with Elijah Wood in it. Well, if you haven't seen Come to Daddy, that's a good one. That's on. I mean, technically, the last thing I watched with him in it was Huckleberry Finn. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) But that was you're thinking of like the the newest thing you've seen him in. Yeah, didn't he have a show where the guy was like dressed up as a dog? Yeah, Wilfred. Yes, I know. I used to watch that, but um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, have you seen? Um, I don't feel at home in this world anymore on Netflix. I did watch that. Yeah, he plays like the neighbor with a with like a rat tail, and uh, he's oh, pretty badass in that. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, he's good. He's really good in that. Um, and like I said, he his movie uh, "Come to Daddy" just came out on. I think it's on Prime now, and it's really good. It's a it's sort of a horror thriller. He plays like a hipster who hasn't spoken to his dad in 25 years and he gets a letter from him. Uh, so he goes to visit him for the first time since he was a kid, his dad left him when he was a kid and some really crazy shit goes down. It's a big mystery, but uh, it's really good, really well-made. And uh, I absolutely love Elijah Wood. I've told people that if I could hang out with one celebrity, like anybody, even the big names, you know, even like, more than Paul McCartney or anybody, I would like to hang out with Elijah Wood just because he likes a lot of the same stuff I do. He makes a, a lot of uh, great movies as a producer. He's he's put out some really great stuff. I think he's a great actor. He picks a lot of really cool roles. It just seems like a genuinely nice, funny guy. Uh, he has a great podcast that I love. So 
I don't know. My, if I had to choose a celebrity to hang out with, I know I've said it a million times, but it would be Jack Black. Oh, hell yeah. Does it feel like it would be such a fun time? Like, there would never be a dull moment. Just, like, imagine you guys, like, skipping down the street holding hands. (laughs) Skipping off into the sunset. Yeah, it's it's really a weird small world because, um, I'll try to make a long story short, but... Um, there's this band called that dog and, um, they were sort of a bigger grunge band in the nineties with, um, some females in the band and they were on the same scene as Weezer. They toured with them and were good friends with them. And then they created like another band, a side band called the Hayden triplets. And it's these three, obviously triplets. Um, and one of them was on a, a Weezer song and they toured with them and stuff and really good friends. But anyways, um, because of our connection to Weezer, I'm friends with Rachel Hayden on Facebook. I didn't realize that one of the Hayden triplets is married to Jack Black. So being friends with her, I see with Rachel Hayden on Facebook, I see like she posts pictures of like their family get together and stuff. And Jack Black is just like chilling in the living room and stuff in the background and pictures as just a person. Tina? Is that right? No. I'm trying to think of, let's see, I can do this. But uh, he's married to one of the Hayden triplets. Let's see, Tanya. Tanya, okay. Yes. She's not. I've watched a Blinsky uh, game a lot. Their sons are on it a lot. She's not so much, but. Yeah, and it's just sort of one of those, I remember she posts, like she'll post pictures like when they get together for holidays and stuff, and it's just weird and um one time this is like super creepy but she like posted pictures and jack was in them and you know he's just hanging out with his kids or whatever and she tagged him in a picture and it went to his personal facebook where he doesn't use his real name like he has like a disguise so i found his personal facebook but i obviously was like i'm not gonna add him like he doesn't know me that would be weird he probably he clearly uses this to connect with like his personal family and friends but it was crazy like i stumbled upon it just because i know this theme this this woman who was involved with weezer and it's just like this weird connection and it's like oh hey you know there's jack black's personal facebook page where he uses a completely different name but it's clearly his yeah oh, small world yeah that was like a real weird rabbit hole we went down from you know elijah wood to jack black but uh yeah any any other celebrities you would hang out with if you got to hang out with any celebrities like have dinner with or what about you jennifer yeah i don't even know that's a hard one i've never even thought about that before to be honest you'd probably want to hang out with one of the greasy stranglers right definitely Mm -hmm. big ronnie big ronnie Um, I've seen pictures of him, like the actor, and uh, outside of this movie, and they didn't really have to do much to make him look like he does. Like he wears his hair like that all the time in real life, and sort of just looks like that. And yeah, my rules. Yeah. So now he probably goes everywhere he goes. He probably gets bullshit artists yelled at him all the time. But probably. 
it's better to be remembered for something like that than completely forgotten, I guess. That is true. And I will never forget him. Oh, absolutely. Like bullshit artists and don't like start immediately talking about the torpedo dick. I mean, if I I saw him (laughs) in public, I'd probably be like that dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if that was like super heavy. Like if it was, you know, obviously it's a prosthetic. It doesn't, doesn't have a natural swing to it. So you can obviously tell it's, you know, like rigid um they in the some of the research i was reading it said that uh there was in some parts where uh ronnie's wearing his little shorts uh they used a broken pool cue for his bulge oh my god <laughs> i love it i love it and then just snap yeah. the end stick it in there you'll be fine i guess so you know it's that's low budget filmmaking you know being uh being creative i guess trying to save save some money on the uh production and there was actually the scene so not the original scene where it's actually the same scene where he like rolls over backwards and puts his ass in the air and farts but when his son comes in to give him his coffee and he's got just like a full boner like and just sits up with this full boner and it's like nothing yeah, and and I apparently missed it. There was a the scene at the end when the hunters are killing um, Big Ronnie and Big Braden, and they have them tied up to trees and are shooting them. One of the hunters has a a big boner. I did not see it, but well, I wasn't paying close enough attention. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, something to catch when you rewatch it. Right, it's because we were probably in that mind frame of what the fuck is happening. So we're like looking at that versus looking at the junk of a well that's like the first time they went that um big ronnie went through the car wash and you were talking about this penis i was like but did you see those balls i was like i was too <laughs> attracted by that big old anteater nose <laughs> like... and it and it's like it looks irritated and slightly infected it's like red at the end it looks like yeah. a dog dick sort of like the lipstick <laughs> <laughs> yeah and Braden's is literally exactly the same just microscopic yeah <laughs> i'm so glad i had you guys on for this one because you're you're you won't filter yourself you're not uh too uh proud to talk about missile dicks definitely exactly. not uh, i'll have to put like a warning before i drop this one so people i mean if <laughs> if anybody you know is curious and I always tell people, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, probably shouldn't listen to the podcast in general. I mean, our pod, you know, this podcast and Attack the Killer podcast, because we're going to ruin everything for you. But I don't know why you would be listening to this if you haven't seen it. But if you have seen it, you probably would be interested to hear what people have to say. Like, I can't imagine watching this. I'm glad I had two guests on because I just would feel weird, like having one person watch this at home alone (laughs) coming on. Because this is a movie you have to watch with somebody so you can, like, bounce off each other. Like, you have to have somebody there to see your reactions, you know? Yeah, because you see each other's reactions, and then you can, um, like, talk back and forth about things. And I'll tell right. you, and... it's great for you to have David on here, because David probably had more reaction than either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's where I got my uh, mail tubage from. David said that 
it seemed like these were really good actors who were known to be really good at acting and they were trying to act really bad. <laughs> like, that was what he said. It's like they're good actors who are acting bad on purpose. Right. And that's the thing. Like, it sort of reminds me of we, we just recorded one, an episode about Twin Peaks. And it's like, I think every little nuance in the performances and the set direction and the cinematography, everything, the score, everything, even the bad stuff is completely intentional. Like, that's what differentiates it from just a bad movie. Like, it's not just bad actors doing a bad job. They're good actors intentionally almost doing, like, a parody of Over the Top. Because you can't take this material and make it, like, a serious movie. It has to be tongue-in-cheek a little bit, you know? Yeah, because it's like the the level of acting in it made me think of Blades of Glory. Oh, yeah. I could see that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what Will Ferrell's really good at taking um the absurd and really ridiculous stuff and making it playing it completely straight yeah he um they made that jennifer and david were the ones that made the observation about it being like will ferrell but i i literally was stuck with brayden and i don't know if it was because of the glasses but i was like dwight Schrute. oh yeah i could see that he could he could be a shrew like a distant shrew yeah maybe they're cousins I could, I could, that'd be funny if finding a connection somewhere in there. Uh, I enjoyed myself. Maybe there'll be a sequel. Yeah, or a, a prequel so we could figure out their backstory. I don't know. Prequel yeah. would be good. Yeah, there's just a lot that's... Uh, obviously, you leave this movie with a lot more questions than answers. I think it's one of those movies that when it's over, you just literally the same as the whole way through, just sit there and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what, like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's why I think uh, when I played it for like a big group of people for my birthday, I was really on the fence. But then I'm like, this movie has to be seen by a crowd and everybody experiences it together. And then after the movie, we sort of gather in the lobby of the theater and talk about it and it was like we were there for like an hour you know and it was like everybody just had to keep talking about it and it was like it completely erased the first movie nobody at all talked about the first movie because it was all about greasy strangler and anytime i talked to people that were there about stuff i'm like hey you know um you know what movie should i watch or you guys have seen anything good recently and they're like you know greasy strangler they always bring that up and uh yeah yeah, but... I, if you want to watch this and you don't have Prime, you can also watch it on Canopy, which is a free streaming service provided by your local library. So the Burlington Public Library actually offers Canopy for free. You can watch up to 10 movies a month for free using your library card. So you can actually use your public library card to watch The Greasy Strangler, which is bizarre to think about. That is very interesting. I didn't know that they had that at the library, but that shows you... How much I go to the library. Do you have a library card? I do. So do I. I need a new if one you... probably because I don't think I've had an actual library card since I was in junior high. Say last time I went to the library was when I was going to school at SEC. Yeah, I went and got a card probably about a year ago just because I really wanted to use Canopy. And it's like 
it's it's just like Netflix, you know, it has a ton of stuff, but it's I figured it would be more educational. It does have a lot of documentaries, but in also has the entire A24 collection on there, which everything A24 does is fantastic. And uh, they also have a lot of independent stuff. So like Greasy Strangler and what we do in the shadows and a lot of really, just really crazy stuff. You wouldn't think that a library would provide, but um, it, yeah, you get 10 credits, which is, you know, one, each movie is like one credit. So you make, you make sure that you know what you're watching. Cause like, if you start watching something and decide to, you're not going to finish it, you know, you've used a credit, but then again, you get 10 a month and that's more than people realize. That's quite a bit. Right. Cause I don't even think I watch 10 movies in a month. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... My, my sister has it and uh, my niece burned through all of them in a day because she watched like five seconds of 10 cartoons and my sister was pissed. <laughs> yeah. I, the most that I watch is when I find a show that I just cannot stop watching, then I will sit and like, just continue watching, continue watching. <laughs> but that's... Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the library offers Hoopla too. And uh, they have a lot of, t- they have more TV shows on Hoopla and Canopy's more about movies. Uh, so it's sort of cool that we have both of those services and they're paid for all the costs are covered by the library. So. You know, if if you want to watch Greasy Strangler for free, you can do it thanks to the Burlington Public Library. Thank you, Burlington Public Library. Yeah, <laughs> bullshit artist. <laughs> so, was there any last thoughts you had on this before we wrap up on the uh, Greasy Strangler? All I know is now I want a hot dog. An extra extra greasy hot dog. Greasy. Minus the grease, a hot dog sounds pretty great. Oh yeah, I I love a good hot dog. <laughs> it's like the only part I like about um, sports is like going to eating hot dogs or right. whatever food they have. It's like if I had to go to a baseball game, I'm eating like five hot dogs. So, amen. So uh, before we go, I'm going to have you guys sort of talk about your podcast because we're on the same podcast network and. Um, yeah, what's your show about? And just sort of talk about where you can find it and and uh, what listeners can expect. Okay. Um, so, like you said, it's Beauty and the Screams. Beauty and the Screams. <laughs> but, um, so, basically, it's just me and Jennifer. We talk about different things. I mean, it's more geared towards, like, the creepy and, I don't know, weird stuff. But, I mean, it always ranges when we talk about hauntings i mean we've had episodes where we talk about like infamous pirates we've talked about we talked about disney characters and monsters and yeah so we we let out episodes once a week and we're available pretty much on all the basic um platforms and we have what instagram we have instagram facebook twitter twitter our email beautyinthescreams at gmail.com yep is your what's your instagram handle oh beauty in the screams podcast all one word i would spell it but i would i would make mistakes (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah and if people want to follow us on instagram that's where i do most of the posting and like because i get most interactions off of instagram so yeah 
that's us awesome i'm a i'm a big fan i'm glad that you know you guys started doing it and you've done the one thing that um most people cannot do and that's kept up a regular release schedule and you guys have not quit like so many people start a podcast and they either give up because it's really tough. People don't realize how tough it is to put out one a week is a lot. Like you guys are, are killing it by putting out one a week. We do one every other week and it still feels like it's a drag, but um, yeah, man, that's sure a lot of work time for your research for it. You got to carve out your time to kind of figure out what's going on in your life to be able to talk about that too. Well, in the last couple of weeks I have been, they haven't been coming out at the right time, but like our, our lives have just been crazy hectic right now. Like we just got a new house. We've been working on remodeling and it's like, I'll get to the point. I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't even edited the podcast yet. And it's supposed to be coming out tomorrow because I'm not smart and don't think ahead like you do. <laughs> but it's still, I mean, you guys are consistently putting out a full episode, you know, at what, at, even if it's not on time, it, it's still once a week and that's an accomplishment and a half. And you guys are already got a pretty good back catalog. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you want to check it out, you, you aren't going to run out of episodes anytime soon. There's a lot of material already out there. Cause we're about to have our 30th episode. Wow. And we started what? Uh, mid November. We really at thirty already. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shit. Yep. Yeah, it's commitment, and that's what I think is so important for people to realize. You know, everybody, especially during uh, quarantine right now, everyone's like, "I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast." You know, me included. I'm I'm recording one right now, but um, it is so freaking hard to consistently do it and carve out the time and actually dedicate that time and get it done. And people don't realize editing takes probably more than it does to record and putting it out there. It's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. I, I basically do the editing and I will tell you it. So sometimes it's not so bad. I've realized like, like when we had Nikki on, that was so easy to edit because the conversation flowed well, but like the episode that just came out, where I had Kevin on there and then Lainey and we all recorded together versus on separate things. And it was like, everybody was interrupting each other. Like that was driving me nuts. Yeah. And you're going to, you know, when you have guests on, you never know how it's going to go. Um, You know, I've had, I've, this is probably my only my fourth or fifth, but I've had, you know, some guests that, love talking and they're on podcasts frequently. I've, I've had a few people who have never done a podcast before and they were a little bit shy. So I pretty much, you know, had to pull stuff out of them, but, um, yeah, it's, it can be a tough thing, but, uh, I commend you guys for continuing. You've been doing it since what November you said. So that's, you know, that's a good run already. You know, a lot of people quit within the first couple months because they realize it's way more work than they originally thought. Yeah. Um, well, I was kind of the same way when I was on Attack of the Killer podcast with you guys. It was kind of like right when we first started doing the podcast and I'd never like guessed it anywhere before. So I was, very, I was a lot more quiet than I usually am. But Well, it's really hard in that group, man. Like the first <laughs> two or three episodes I did with them, I was like, you wanted me on, but you never shut up and let me talk. So I probably have that problem on this one too. I need to uh, let people talk a little bit more. 
but I've, yeah. Um, well, and then I, it's like, you guys are actually like film buffs and like, yes, I love horror movies and stuff, but you guys were just about like the cast and how it was being shot and this, this and that. And then here's me like, I really like her scarf and she has nice eyebrows. <laughs> no, I, I definitely feel like I'm that person on the podcast. Cause, uh, Jason and Mike are both writers and directors that have made, uh, uh buttloads of movies and, uh, Andy's a screenwriter and has so many screenplays he's put together and stuff. And um, I've never done any of that. Like I run a film festival, but I do not, I've never made anything and I'm not going to pretend I know what I'm doing. So when they talk about the technical stuff and how it's done, I sit back and listen. Cause really my opinion is just like whether I liked it or not. And I, I guess, you know, to me, art is all subjective and everybody's opinion counts. Um, like when we have, for the film festival, we our judges, some of them, you know, aren't filmmakers. And to me, that's just as important because uh, the audience isn't always going to be a film buff. Most of our audience are not going to be film buffs. They just want to hear a conversation between friends. And, you know, to me, it's, it's more about the, just a conversation. We're just a couple people talking about a movie that we watched. And, you know, if you get too technical, people might tune out. So. Well, you always seem very well educated when I listen to <laughs> your guys' podcast together and you don't seem less, I don't know what the word would be. You, you Yeah, I know what you're... I would never have even known. I had no idea that Jason them had all that stuff to do with films. I just thought you guys all just loved films and that was it. <laughs> so, learn something. Yeah. Like yeah, that's how I met them. Uh, they they had short films in my festival, and they came down from Otomo, and it was like, you know, like-minded people. And then they invited me to be a guest on the show for an episode, and um, then I just never left. I was just a guest for, like, three years, and then, you know, now, now I'm on the show, so. Yeah, you guys have a lot of episodes, like 200. They definitely do. Yeah, they've they've been doing it for, like, since I was like in high school, I feel like, cause they're, they're older than us. So, uh, you know, they've been doing it forever since before podcasting was cool. Yeah. Well, cause that was, what was funny in the newest episode when they were like around the same age as all of us. So we'll say like forties. And I was like, wait, Tad's not 40. <laughs> I definitely rub it in on them too. Like, uh, just the other day we were talking about something on the podcast and, I always will point out Mike's like, yeah, I remember seeing this in theaters when I was in high school and I'm like, I wasn't born yet. Or, uh, you know, I was, I was three. So I didn't get to see that in theaters. We were talking about twin peaks. That's what it was in the nineties. And, uh, Mike was like, yeah, I, this was like a big deal when I was in high school, but it was a huge hit. And I, I was too cool to watch something that was on network TV. And I was like, Oh, I was uh five when this aired and they were like, fuck you. You're like, <laughs> and I was watching on network TV. I was watching power Rangers exactly i i always do that to them and they get really mad so yeah again thanks for coming on um i love your podcast i'm so glad that you know you when you jumped on as a guest we got you on the podcast network i think uh your your show is such a strong asset to the the podcast network because you like i said you guys are consistent you're dedicated to the the form you keep going i just love that i love that you guys are 
are still putting out new episodes every week and haven't slowed down at all. So, so keep doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm a big fan. Listen every week. Well, thank you. And thank you for, cause none of it really, I mean, we wouldn't have as much if it wasn't for you because you're who introduced us to your fellow hosts from AOTKP. And then, you know, it was from there that Jason asked us to join the podcast network and, no, so none of that would have really been possible without you. Well, that's that's what's so cool about it is that we're all it's like a big giant family. We're all helping each other's shows and there's just so many cool shows on there for anybody who likes you know anything. There's really a huge variety and I'm just like I said, having a a consistent show that's hosted by two females is is just awesome to have on the network cuz it's not just a bunch of bros arguing over horror movies. Uh <laughs> I that's what sort of I sort of sort of started this one because it's like I love my horror movies more than anything, but sometimes I need to talk about some weird stuff that's not considered horror, and I want to talk to people we would necessarily normally have on on uh, AOTKP. So uh, this is sort of my way to itch that scratch, I guess, scratch that itch. I don't know, but yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I like that itch that scratch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a good way to uh, sign out. I'm going to go itch that scratch. And uh, again, thanks for coming on. And um, I guess I'll be seeing you guys again later. Cause like I said, I'm going to keep listening. I'll have you guys back on for another episode sometime soon. And All right. uh, once we get this rolling. Okay. Well also thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, th- and thanks for entertaining me and watching this uh, really <laughs> stu- stupid movie and not hating me afterwards. So you're very welcome. It's the least we could do. Oh, and you sh- you guys should do your sign out because it's I don't really have a good sign out. So uh, do your sign out like you do on your show. Oh, where I'm like, goodbye, bye. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Thank you for listening to the first time podcast. Please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the great podcasts. Thanks to Scott Schreiner of Weezer for our intro and outro music. And last but not least, remember to leave us a review. That's how we get listeners. So like, share, find us on social media, and let us know what you think. We'll see you next time on First Time Podcast. listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com thanks for listening Bullshit artist. Bullshit. Bullshit artist. Horseshit. Bullshit artist. Bullshit artist. Bullshit artist. Bullshit. Bullshit. Bullshit artist. Bullshit artist. Bullshit. Bullshit artist. 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 Bullshit artist.
Bullshit artist. Horseshit artist. Bullshit. Horseshit. Horseshit. Bullshit. Horseshit. Bullshit artist. Bullshit. Horseshit artist. Bullshit. Horseshit. Cat shit. Tiger shit. Lion shit. Duck shit. Walrus shit. Penguin shit. King penguin shit. B U double L S H I T. New word. A R T I S T. Bullshit artist. Bullshit artist. Bully, bully, bullshit. Bullshit.